0: W- w- welcome to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Podcast We're here to help you claim the first seed in all your leagues. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? First Seed Sports here. Fellas, we're at the end of the NFL season. Quite frankly, I got to say I'm 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 missing it already. I I mean, we're 4 days, 5 days removed at this point and and uh, it just there's a hole in my heart right now.
1: What, what, what's going on with you guys? How could you not miss it, especially how it ended with just the several weeks of fantastic games?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Soon as my team got knocked out, I was already looking to do mock drafts, as uh as were you, Zach. Apparently,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was on fantasy football calculator yesterday, and I was I was Jones, and I was scrolling through. I was lo- looking for the, the next draft that I could do, and and I mean, being the the resident uh, baseball fan of the group too, I I mean, with the lockout going on right now, it's just mm-hmm. my, my sports life is is sad right now. <laughs> that's a, that's about all I can say, but um we're actually so today for for our video we're gonna walk through some of the the highs and lows of the 22 nfl season um and we're gonna start with some of the league leaders so i think kyle has queued up some of the leaders for us here i think uh i think the obvious first question is let's let's talk about any surprises here who who kind of surprised you out of these 15 guys that we see here
2: oh man my first one is Derek carr just to see him on that list with those guys is is funny in general but uh you look at being the Homer Cowboy fit, I am what Dak did two years ago before his injury and mm-hmm. how I thought this past year was going to go because of that average of like 330 yards a game, whatever it was. And he's not on this list it's surprising to me. So mm-hmm. like Derek Carr is the first name that kind of pops out at me. I think it was like
0: a weird year for the for the Cowboys, honestly, just because like they couldn't ever figure out what their bread and butter was. They they couldn't mm-hmm. figure out whether they wanted to feed the ball to CD, feed the ball to to Cooper, you know, whether they wanted to to give Zeke the rock or even I mean, there was so much usage of Tony Pollard, too. Like It was just weird. weird. They were kind of they almost spread the love too much a little bit, I think. And, and I think that what we saw with some of the really successful teams was like they knew it worked and they went with it. But they you know, they had that that second option and that third option as well. So. I, I, right. I definitely agree with you. Like I, I'm surprised Prescott's not on here. At the same time, I think it's kind of I don't want to say easy, but it's evident to see kind of where they where where he fell down, where he fell off, I should say, where he was trying to target so many people.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And you look at the Super Bowl, like those are two teams that regardless of the game script, they got their ball to their guys. Jamar Chase touched oh, yeah. the football. Not on the the last play of the game, sadly, which he would have, but, like, the the teams got their guys the football. T. Higgins, monster day. Joe Mm -hmm. Mixon had some decent touches here and there. Well, that that was another issue with the whole – him not being in on third down and stuff like that, but two teams that got it, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. Any other surprises from you guys?
1: Well – I see two two big ones for me, and that's Cooper Cup being at the top of the receiving yards list with almost two thousand yards. If he had had like thirteen hundred, I wouldn't have been surprised with the new QB. I mean, it wouldn't have been that surprising because Stafford knows how to air it out. But for close to two thousand yards from Cooper Cup, probably what I was close to expecting from Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. But no, the dominant year from him was definitely not what I was expecting. Kyle, let um, so me butt in. Let, go for it. Let me
0: ask you this question: Is if if Robert Woods was there full season, what does Cooper Cup's season look like? Do you think?
1: Let's see. He finished with nineteen forty-seven. He probably would have finished with nineteen thirty. <laughs> I think because Cooper Cup was dominating when Woods was there the whole time. Right. I think if anything, it would have opened up Cup for probably more. Um, I think
0: the better question would have been: What would it have done to Odell's receiving? You know.
1: I don't think Odell would have gone there. Well, well, I mean, he, he did. did before. But I, I, I was just—I say, say, think he did right. It was like the same week. That's right. Yeah, that yeah, is kind of nuts.
2: To Odell
0: break.
1: signed on like a Tuesday,
0: and then Woods tore his ACL on like Thursday of that week. Like it was—it was just bizarre. Right. Oh, cool. yeah. It it almost makes you wonder if it happened and they knew and they because reached out of- to Odell and it, you, you know what I mean, like
1: like they went a little bit more. All in on OBJ instead of right,
0: right, yeah. Like maybe they didn't disclose right away. I mean, that would be that would be the logical answer.
1: Yeah, because who tears an ACL in practice? Plenty of people, but and, and n-
0: nonetheless, in like week nine or ten or whenever he went down, you know, it oh, was yeah. late in the season, and, and a lot of times those guys are just kind of on a- autopilot at practice. Especially, those especially. veterans. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It it definitely proved to be the missing piece, though. Props to them. They they Ooh. filled the gap pretty quickly. Got right back on that Super Bowl track. Because I mean, if you if you leave Cooper Cup by himself the whole year. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they have the success they did. You know, and we saw that in the Super Bowl a little bit as well.
0: Right. That was gonna be my point. Like they couldn't figure out who they wanted to go to. They had skronic in there they had uh what is it zylstra is that the other guy that they have like they were just trying a van jefferson that was was like a yeah it wasn't kendall (laughs) bland yeah i think kudos to the rams for for believing in odell and and you know thinking that he was still the elite level player that he was because wow like he he I, I would argue he probably helped carry them to the super Bowl. oh yeah. absolutely he, he was fantastic but looking at this list i think what stands out to me I, i'm going to talk about the two rookies i guess just because what of what they did against the odds like all you heard coming into the season was and naji harris isn't going to succeed he has a crappy line uh, you know he's nothing was stacked in his favor big ben was getting old there weren't enough receivers to spread the field there were so many negative comments against naji and to see him here at 1200 rushing yards really only 59 yards behind being second place on this list is is incredible. And same with Jamar Chase like there's that meme that goes around on Twitter of uh, of the stick figure Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase and it says you know with Panay Sewell in front of him and blah 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 <laughs> but like you know the, the odds were stacked against Chase too. They said Burrow wasn't going to have enough time to throw to him. Well I have Fourteen hundred and fifty-five reasons to say otherwise on that one. So I think that the rookies are are really kind of what stands out to me on on these two lists here. And and shout out my guy Justin Herbert for slinging the ball. Like that's what what a hell of a year for him.
1: Right. I'll note on a uh, Najee, I'm a little less surprised to see him top the top five, mostly because I think going into the season it was expected that he was going to get volume he probably had some of the most guaranteed volume of mm-hmm. most running backs because unlike the chiefs they drafted a running back in the first round to use a running back like they drafted him in the first round so i think i was kind of expecting i mean the yardage I, it's incredible but he also touched the ball i think the most out of anybody in the nfl mm-hmm. um yeah. but i mean jamar i that was an incredible surprise i mean the talent was there everything was there i think the one thing that really held me off from Jamar was also having T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he stepped right in and knowing Burrow previously just threw to him and knew how to throw to him. It was beautiful.
0: Right. I think if there's one thing that I would love to one, one thing that I would love to make my dent in the fantasy world or in the NFL football world, I think we need to stop doubting college talent when coming out of the draft talking about Jamar chase, especially like you see this guy ball out in college. Like he is incredible incredible and like you make up so many excuses on why he's not going to succeed in the nfl you know it's that whole draft thing where you're looking for any reason and and it's just i know homer i'm I'm coming in as the homer here i I went to pit kenny pickett it's the same thing with him right now like he had a hell of a season you know like and they're trying it seems like people are trying to find reasons why he's not going to succeed you know like i feel like at some point we have to trust the talent
2: And some teams actually have no choice but to trust the uh, the talent coming out too, which is usually that that's how you get your better narratives. The guys they always say like you want to get you want to draft guys, uh, especially quarterbacks, let them sit for a few years, Mm marinate, and then there's some that don't get that choice. It's such a huge difference. Some teams do. Some teams trust them. Like obviously they trusted Jamar Chase all season. Didn't care about the preseason narrative. Didn't care about any of that, Mm -hmm. and it worked out. You know. Uh, And then going back to uh, Najee as well, Najee kind of had a rookie year like Zeke in a way with the amount of volume he saw. I think Zeke had 322 touches his rookie year, and Najee had 307. Very, very similar. I'm just scared that they might run him into the ground, man. I'm having PTSD from Zeke (laughs) all those years, like, seeing how we gave him. It wasn't back-to-back, but I think he had two 300-touch seasons with us very early in his career. And it's like, damn, like, you literally can see, like, the gas running out of Zeke. And yeah. it's sad to say, but I know just coming in, Zeke and Najee were in similar like spots. Like Their teams weren't the greatest. They had decent weapons around them that helped them out, but mainly the offense was going through the run game, and that, that's what it happened to be. But I, I'm excited to see a, a brand new Najee with a new quarterback next year. I want to see how that totally. offense works see what's going on in Pittsburgh
0: I think there's still even room for Najee to become a better receiver too or not a better receiver but a more productive receiver I don't have his stats immediately in front of me I need a second to to pull him up here but like it I I don't know it felt like honestly that they ran the ball with him but they didn't really utilize him for what he was like so sought after coming out of the draft for he was an incredible pass catching back as well so I I don't know I, I look for him to honestly improve with a new quarterback and with a hopefully a more developed offensive of scheme next year. All right. Any last thoughts? Any last takeaways? Kyle, looks like you're going to say something. Yeah.
1: I was going to say the other name on here that was quite a surprise Debo Samuel. Yeah. 100%. I think going into this past season, we all expected Brandon Ayuk to be the guy. And it was quite the opposite as Debo came back looking incredible and being used in a way that we have rarely seen. What do you call himself? Wide back? <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah. But being used as that wide back position where he is the running back or wide receiver on any given play, and it worked. Uh, I think he had an incredible season, and I think truly he's going to build on that going into next year. And I know Kyle Shanahan is just building up 20 more variations of the same play just to have Debo run another 40-yard touchdown. That's another beautiful thing that came out of the season,
2: especially with these 15 guys listed here. I was going to say, excluding the quarterbacks here, I don't think out of the 10 running backs or receivers on here, any of them make it past the second round in fantasy drafts next year. Like maybe no. sneak into the third, but these are these are the guys that Good are going to be up there. Yeah. And it's interesting to see like how are they going to mix in when you get McCaffrey back and you have a full season of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it's going to be so cool to see next year. I'm so excited already.
0: Well, you know what? That's actually the perfect segue. Why don't we hop on over to our, our next slide here, Kyle? Let's let's talk about this year's fantasy leaders. And we can talk about kind of where we expect some of these guys to, to go in drafts and things like that next year. Honestly, I think that from that last slide, I think the only one that might end up falling into that second, third round territory were actually two of the running backs. And I think that might be Nick Chubb and actually, believe it or not, Dalvin Cook. And I think that that's just because of the injury risk that's built into them at this point. But like the guys that you see here at the top, Jonathan Taylor is a bona fide workhorse. Austin Eckler proved himself to be a workhorse this year, especially with the receiving work. Even Joe Mixon, like people had their doubts about Joe Mixon over and over and over again. But like, this was that year that I oh, think yeah. he really solidified himself. This was a, the year everybody an, was waiting
1: for.
0: Right. It was, it, this was, this was what people expected of Joe Mixon for the first four years of his career or whatever number we're on now. So realistically of those top four running backs there top five running backs that we can see on the board i think the only one that doesn't go in the first round is leonard fournette
1: oh yeah and i think that is widely due to where he's going to be next year is he a free agent let me find that for you right now because i believe he is but if not i honestly don't expect him to be a buccaneer mostly because i think he wants to be somewhere else as much as he loves being playoff lenny i think without tom brady there he wants to continue to be playoff lenny
2: yeah I, I feel like that may be the case for a bunch of those Buccaneers weapons that now that Brady's gone, I don't know if they're trying to stick around. Who who actually knows, but I don't know. You look at a young Leonard Fournette, he could still go out there and get a four- or five-year contract if you wanted to.
0: He is actually – sorry, this was his last year of his contract. He is an unrestricted free agent hmm. going into 2022. Makes sense, man. New England. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> for his LeGarrette Blount renaissance. Oh. Oh man. (laughs) I don't know. I think New England are great. I I agree. I think they have what they're gonna roll with though. I think they have a good thing going Harris, Stevenson, and Bolden. They they really do. Let's talk about the tight ends. I think that's the most intriguing group of this of these four here. What order would you
1: draft these five guys in? Probably the order that they're in. Really? I mean Kelsey's a guaranteed guy. So that's the only one I'm caught up on, but I feel like Andrews really showed it this year, and I think Jackson stepping forward with passing, I think that's going to be something I chase after this year. I feel um,
0: I feel very good about Mark
1: Andrews, tight end one. I I'm I, agree. I agree, but I I mean Kyle Pitts had one touchdown this year, and the only reason he's at fifth is because he played all year. Everybody else was behind him.
0: That has to positively regress, though. He has to climb up on the touchdown ladder.
1: I agree, but you could say the same thing kind of about Dalton Schultz. He could probably be – I could picture Dallas taking a st- – they should take a step forward. They feel like they were playing at, like, 75% of what they could be playing at. Mm-hmm. And I know Mike agrees with me. So If you get Dak
2: playing at full
1: 100%, Dalton Schultz could have that top five, top three tight end season. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Dallas is uh... – genius front office, genius went ahead and paid Blake Jarwin a lot more money than Schultz. And now they're thinking about maybe cutting him. And And I think that would be the option there. I mean, you look at what Schultz did this year. The only area that Schultz really does hurt a little bit is the blocking, the run blocking. Yeah, He's always struggled. It's always been an issue trying to put him up, uh, up against those bigger defensive ends. That that may be so, uh, something that Dallas looks into. I know Mo Alley-Cox is a free agent. There's been some rumors about him. Anybody to compliment Schultz, though, would be great. I think I think well, Schultz could easily stay in that top five. Well, Schultz is a free agent this year. That is another thing, yeah. Yep, and he's going to be asking for money, so... Yeah. I know that it won't be more than what we're giving Jarwin, though. So <laughs> hopefully hopefully we can work something out. I know Dallas has a lot of moves to make there. But, yeah, I don't, in, in terms of the order of tight ends, man, it's just like I get what happened this year. I personally, as you guys know, took Kelsey in the first round this year, mm-hmm. playing it extra safe.
1: Don't, don't blame you. Yeah,
2: and yeah. It, it, it worked out for the most part. He didn't have the greatest season. I think this is the first year – In the past eight or nine, he wasn't number one, whatever it was. But it's like, oh, man, it just feels so weird to think like, okay, I actually took Kelsey last year in the first round, but like if I'm going off these numbers, I'd be doing that with Mark Andrews. And then that Mm -hmm. doesn't sit well with me, you know? Just saying Mm -hmm. it out loud just doesn't sit well, but it makes sense, (laughs) you know? If Mark Andrews isn't taken ahead of Kelsey, he better be taken right after him because at this point – From a health standpoint and a production standpoint, those are the two guys. Mm -hmm. You can can make the case for Kittle, but I don't think he's had a full season since he's been in the league. So those are your guys. Those are your one and two. The rest kind of – you never know. Like I'd have to dig a little bit deeper there. But the top two, definitely Andrews and Kelsey. I just know that probably this year for the first time ever, I personally won't be drafting either one in the first round. Not anymore.
1: So if I extend, so these are the leaders from weeks one through 17, you know, the fantasy regular season. If I add week 18, somebody else jumps Kyle Pitts into the top five.
0: I know who it is. It's got to be
1: Dawson Knox. I'm stumped. Zach Ertz. Get wow. out.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yep. wow. Zach Ertz. He, he was basically yeah. non-existent for the first half of the year. Well, dealing Philly, with Goddard.
1: Yeah. Wow. Dawson Knox That's finished crazy. as tight end eleven. He a slow start. Yeah,
0: and not only that, he missed he missed oh, the yeah. middle part of the season with the I think it was a hand injury. I think yeah like a thumb injury yeah a long story short with the tight ends I, I think the tight end is just such a crapshoot that you have to either spend big or you just kind of got to wait it out and see what you end up with I mean some people played the uh, I think Mike might have actually been one of those people played the John U. Smith game this year you know and if that panned out it would have been a steal uh, another guy like that I, I know is Mike Kasiki. he looked good early in the season you know and then he kind of faltered as the season went on there's a handful of them, you know, but like if you're not spending up on Andrews, Kelsey, and honestly, I'm going to keep Pitts in that category, too, because I think he's one of the more consistent scorers. You know, I, I think then you just kind of got to wait on the tight end, honestly.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. That That's that's what I'll probably do. Uh, I'll take that strategy to the grave from now on, unless there's someone else that comes along and shows me uh, something I'm liking there. I mean, I, I kind of thought that Kyle Pitts was in that early tight end category last year. Uh, I had him, I think, preseason rank three, tight end three, tight end four. So, and he didn't. He obviously didn't live up to what we all thought he was going to be. But that could have also been on our end as well, kind of overhyping okay. him with Bum and Matt Ryan over there, expecting too much. So,
0: here's another question for you guys. You guys can can both contemplate this. Knowing what you know now, would you have gone back and drafted a quarterback early? Of these five. Now, to Josh
1: Allen, yeah, I would have loved to. (laughs) I was going
0: to say, to remind you, I believe Allen and Mahomes went in the second, third round range, and Herbert was a seventh ish rounder. And I believe Brady was about the 10th round, and Burrow was basically close to
2: undrafted. It's nuts, man. The quarterbacks are the tricky ones. I think tight ends, for the most part, my mind won't change on you either get a good one or you wait. Quarterbacks, I feel a little bit indifferent on. In our personal draft, PPR draft, uh, single QB, I mm-hmm. think Josh Allen leaked into the fifth round, and I wanted him so bad in the fifth round, ended up getting taken one spot before me. I was so mad about it. And the next guy on my list, I believe, was Dak at the time, and I think Dak went shortly after. But you get guys like that every year now. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. seem to sneak. There's always one or two that sneak late into the rounds and someone ends up with a gem. And and this year, I think it was 100% Tom Brady for where he was being drafted. I, he, honestly, I didn't even – Burrow was, Herbert was, and now it's like those five guys minus Brady, obviously, I think don't leave the sixth round, possibly. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I've always been a late QB guy. I tried it last year with Tannehill. Didn't work out. That was a huge, huge miss compared to what he did the season before, which makes no sense. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's like a it's like a you got to get lucky kind of thing. You're going to have to either go early for a quarterback and it could hurt you, like everybody that kind of drafted Lamar this year for the most part, just with the injury really. But, like, talent-wise, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Can you guys think of any examples of quarterbacks that got drafted way too early from a bunch of hype and kind of didn't Tyler. live up to that?
1: Kyler yeah
0: i was i was a guy that took kyler and, and i actually i wanted to talk about my strategy with that I, I took him based on the fact that i also took hopkins so like that kind of bumped him up on my priority list because like i knew it was one of those tandems where like the quarterback strictly throws to that wide receiver you know and of course that didn't pan out this season i'm probably going to try it again next year full disclosure like i think that that's a fantastic strategy. Like if you can land that Rogers and Adams combo or that like Brady and Evans combo or Godwin, you know, like it's such a, it's such a cheat code in fantasy because you're getting double points for everything that happens. I'm not upset about Murray. I was still able to win the chip. Yes, sir. With Kyler Murray. (laughs) And he, he was, he was average, you know, he, he got me 20 points a game and that obviously wasn't what I paid for in the fourth or fifth round when I got him. But he didn't he didn't lose me my season you know I was I was okay with that so all right I I don't I I mean we don't have to beat a dead horse here with the fantasy leaders it was an interesting fantasy season I think more more so than some of the last ones because I really really feel like I, I know that there's the whole saying you win you win your league in free agency you know but like I really feel like this year more than any you want it with those late round guys that you took a flyer on. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I like, I'm looking at the names here, Leonard Fournette or Joe Burrow or Debo Samuel or Jamar Chase or Dalton Schultz. Like that's basically like twenty percent of our, our top twenty guys here, you know, that that you could get late, late, late in the draft. So I think that just goes to show if you have a guy that you believe in, like take that shot on him.
2: That's what fantasy's all about, man. Take your Definitely. guys, you know. And, and every season ends, and every fantasy player known to man always has that one guy that they're like, you know what? Next year, I'm not leaving my drafts without him. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, full disclosure since Zach is dropping a little bit of knowledge on us about <laughs> uh, his insight into next year, I will not leave our home draft without Justin Herbert. It will not happen next year. That's I'm going to get him. I'm, if I have to reach, I have to reach. It's been said, hammer it in. But said, I, I'm not leaving a draft without him. If I don't get him in, in the league I want, I will draft him in other places. So I'm going to show up
0: <laughs> in a Herbert jersey just to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> oh
2: No, no, don't do that. Don't do that.
0: I don't really know that I have – as I do research and I find – yeah, I figure out where I'm at for next season. I, I think I definitely will develop one of those guys. I don't know if I have one right now off the bat. I think the closest thing probably to it is probably Justin Jefferson for me. Like, holy crap, that guy is consistent. You know, like even on a bad week for him, he's still going to get you 10 points, you know, five catches for 50 some yards. And like, that is just amazing. You know, like I, I worry to think that Cooper cup can put up an identical season to what he did this year. Like, I I think that there's going to be some regression, obviously the, one of the best receiver seasons of all time. But I think, What Justin Jefferson does is just so consistent, like Larry Fitzgerald-esque. You know what I mean? Like that that pinnacle of consistency. So I would say that he's my guy. I I guess, Kyle, I'm going to throw you on the spot. Do you have a guy like that?
1: Ooh, I was going to say I can't wait (laughs) until the uh, reports. Because all last season it was how everybody after a 2,000-yard rushing season did nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Derrick Henry went on to almost do that before he got hurt. So I can't wait to find out what people do after their 1900 yard receiving season and then see mm-hmm. Cooper Cup continue to do that. My guy so far that I'll probably I probably won't leave any of my drafts in will most likely be Trenton Cannon T Higgins. <laughs> That's a good one. I think what we saw from him this postseason towards the end of the season being a number two to jamar is not that bad and in most cases not most but in a good chunk of cases he was the number one and if everybody's covering jamar it leaves t higgins open and he's mm-hmm. gonna flourish that's probably my guy next year
0: i like that a ton last question for you guys last fantasy question and then before we go into uh our futures you get let's say you have pick number 12 in your fantasy PPR draft, okay, the first round has gone. You've seen guys like uh, you saw Jonathan Taylor go one hundred and one. You saw Eckler go one hundred and two. You know you saw all these guys come off the board. Najee's gone, Mixon's gone. The first three receivers or four receivers there are gone. Throwing a tight end, you get to your pick, pick twelve, and Derrick Henry is on the board, and Christian McCaffrey is still on the board. Do you take the two of them back to back at one twelve and
1: two hundred one? Absolutely,
2: you have to. You Even with to. the
1: built in injury risk? I hate to break it to you, Zach, but I think McCaffrey is going to be going 102 next year. You think so? You if think not, he's going to go one, that high? If not 101. As I'm, far as I'm... I can tell, that is the big debate on if okay. McCaffrey is 101. And if I think if that's being debated, I think it's going to be happening. But if that's, I mean, if I'm at pick 12 and I see those two two guys I would happily take in the first round next year, mm-hmm. no doubt I'll take them both.
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely. One of them. I, one of them is bound To play the whole season. Yeah, <laughs> and I personally was going to say I would never let McCaffrey go past the second pick as well. So even with the injury risk, Henry, same situation. Really, I probably wouldn't let him slide past four or five, if that.
0: It's funny being the resident Panthers fan here. I don't know if I would take Christian McCaffrey in the top six picks. I I just don't like if you've drafted Christian McCaffrey in the last two years, you have not had a shot to win your your fantasy league, unless you happen to get lucky and snag or trade or or you know get get someone that slid to you. You know you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if I can buy into that injury risk that he carries at this point. I know they've been weird injuries. Like I think they've both been ankles both years. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Yeah, he he's it's um usage. It's he's just a usage. guy, man. It is, it is too. Yeah, it it definitely adds up because you're talking about McCaffrey who has never in his life through peewee football all the way through his NFL years ever missed a game due to an injury. And then literally two years ago misses all that time. And then last year, like mm-hmm. the first two injuries of his life that weren't even anything to have surgery on kept him out. Or at least not this year, I don't I don't believe. I don't think it was anything too serious, but it's crazy. You know, in my mind, it could happen to anybody. I kind of just like try to guess based off the guy's character. Where is the guy's head at? Where is he going? Like, And that's almost impossible to tell other than what you get from social media. So, yeah, that's the most important thing, I think, is the guy working. Does he really want it? You know, the, the injury prone stuff, it, it scares me. But if I was drafting with that in mind, I feel like every draft, I would just be so scared of everything. Anybody that's had this or that, like it's I'd just be guessing at that point. And to me, you know, I'm, I'm going to take my guys. I'm going to take my guys while they're on the field are fantastic, you know, and, and try to get them at a discount if you can, you know.
1: Yeah. Drafting injury, afraid, would have kept you from having Joe Mixon, probably mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i uh uh, now i mean now that you guys say it it does make sense but i still think that i think going into next year there's going to be more of a certainty of henry being in less injured than mccaffrey if that makes sense
1: i still can't believe that man came back
0: for the playoffs i can't either and that just goes to tell you what kind of different breed he is but why don't we hop on over to our next slide here, Kyle? These are actually, we're, we're kind of looking at betting. We're kind of looking at next year. So these are our six MVP favorites. You can see here that obviously Pat Mahomes and Rodgers are tied as the favorites to win MVP next year. I'm sure that will change if some things happen with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I've seen a lot of positive news coming out of Green Bay recently. I'm not, I'm not sure if they're stirring up the positive news or if they're just on the hopeful train. <laughs> but you can see Josh Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and uh, Stafford round out the, the top six favorites here. So of this list of six, or if there's someone else, I guess, that you guys would like to bring into the conversation, who do you think is the favorite to win MVP? Mm. Josh Allen. I think it has to be Allen, too. I'm I'm with you. I really do.
2: Yeah. I, I can't even disagree. Allen was my MVP preseason vote this year, and he'll probably be the same for me next year. I, it's unbelievable. The only thing that changed with Josh Allen, realistically, between the past two years is – Stefan Diggs kind of took a little bit of a backseat numbers-wise, but mm-hmm. Josh Allen's numbers didn't get affected. So, And I
1: think that Josh benefited more yeah. because then he wasn't relying on one single guy. But exactly. I think, <laughs> truthfully, I think it was detrimental to Josh that the other receivers were Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. I asked Zach earlier in the postseason – like, I think it was a wild card if Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie are better than mm-hmm. Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. And I personally think they are. And if it were up to me, if I were the Bills GM, those would be my two and three receiver right there.
2: 100%. But that's
1: not stopping them from bringing in, I don't know, someone better. I don't know who's like Chris Godwin, but like just somebody. Like Williams,
2: yeah, like Robinson, just somebody like oh,
1: man. somebody else to compliment Diggs that's not. 35 but like if they do that then i think josh becomes i mean he's already my favorite but if that happens and i don't see why they wouldn't because that's the only thing they could do to benefit this offense maybe at a running game but that's my <laughs> that's my favorite
2: <laughs> yeah you give you give oh I, I as soon as you said mike williams i was thinking about mike williams just going up for a josh allen bomb and mm-hmm. that's just the fight for it no, it doesn't. Josh is just going to launch it, and Mike Williams will do the rest. He'll probably have a spectacular mm-hmm. catch, fall down, and hurt himself. That- <laughs> I swear Mike Williams' injuries are self-inflicted because he just comes off the ground so high that when he catches the ball, he just gets hurt.
0: Yeah. I think of this list personally my favorite is Justin Herbert but it's a little contingent on something it's contingent on them signing either re-signing Mike Williams or signing another free agent wide receiver I think that if they just go ahead and go with the idea that Keenan Allen and Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer are enough I think it's going to bite them really badly because I don't think those guys are enough like they're all good. But I don't think any of them are great anymore. I think like a Chris Godwin would just make this offense insane, and I think Godwin would have like a hundred and twenty targets ne- or receptions next year if they added him to this offense.
1: Imagine Josh Allen with Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, hmm.
0: that would be a nice addition. That really I think
1: be. that'd be like the perfect because I mean he's a complimented guy. So I uh,
0: think he, I he would be a
2: free
1: agent. I,
0: I think he would be a, a an upgrade over Cole Beasley for sure. I think he's a oh, more dynamic, yeah. more physical, but he's a slot. So, I, I mean that that limits that big playability. Like Mike was talking about to Mike Williams, you know.
1: That's still an upgrade. An upgrade is a, an absolutely,
0: upgrade. absolutely. But go um, on.
1: I want to. I want to hear everything you have. To oh say, no, Herbert. that's that's okay.
0: I. I mean, I, I'm. A number one supporter of Herbert, I really, really love his game. I think he's got a cannon of an arm. I think he can run. Quite honestly, I think Staley even needs to unleash him a little bit more in terms of the running game. Uh, I, I think he still kind of puts the cap on him a little bit. But like, look at him when he was at Oregon two years ago. I mean, he was a dual threat monster. He, he ran the crap out of the RPO and stuff. So I, I think I don't, I don't know. He's, he's always. They need to also take that next step as a team to maybe steal the division from the Chiefs. Or sneak in as a wild card and and stir up some noise going through the playoffs, you know, kind of, kind of the the burrow effect that we're seeing this year. You know what I mean? They need to kind of take that that jump. So I I love Herbert. Uh, I, lo- I love the odds on him. I would definitely throw ten bucks to one hundred forty. You know, I I wouldn't mind doing that at all. So that's kind of where my head's at.
2: Yeah, I'm on board with the Herbert thing. I mean, it's the same thing that you said. I think there's one missing. Spot there. One missing something, whether it's coaching, because it's something. Because I, I watched that Chargers team literally fall apart in the last game of the year last year when it mattered and they needed to get in. And it was like mind blowing. It was like, wow, you have such young talent. And even Herbert didn't look the greatest in that last few games stretched there when it mattered. It is one missing piece. It really is one thing. And if it was an extra wide receiver to fill Mike Williams' spot, New O.C., which is never going to happen because at this point that offense is squared away. It could be one little thing. And another thing, too, with the signing, if Mike Williams does leave, there are a ton of rumors that the Cowboys will cut Amari Cooper before the season starts to clear up some space. And that would be another great spot there. So, like, yeah, I I mean, Allen's going to be my betting favorite going into next year. But Herbert is like right there for me.
1: Yeah, so I've got a question. We all see Aaron Rodgers up there as a favorite. Where do you think he could go, or where do you think he'd wind up this season that would hurt his MVP odds?
2: If Adams isn't there, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I would think, what, honestly... What, what teams are we throwing in here is a, is a better question.
1: I guess just every team that he's kind of rumored with, whether that's Pittsburgh, Denver, Tampa Bay. Oof. Who else has he been thrown around with? I think those are primarily the three. Yeah, of the four. I'm probably uh, saying
2: he'll have the worst odds in Pittsburgh just because I think they actually would have the worst offense surrounding him than all the other offenses. And I say that because the Broncos, I think, absolutely have a stacked receiving core, and we have not seen what they could do for the past three, four years. And it's upsetting. And they have two great running backs. The offensive line's not there, but that, that would probably be the worst thing. But with Pittsburgh, I feel like it's it's a little bit of everything. Like the running backs there, they got great receiving weapons. I think the OC is one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. And the offensive line is another terrible aspect of that team. So I, I don't know, man. I think, I think Pittsburgh, he'd have the worst odds.
1: I got a text. Uh, I'll throw in a fifth team. It's probably the clear winner of this, but Taylor from the other room texted me the Jets. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. The Jets. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I think the Jets, cool. Jets are clear Super Bowl favorites <laughs> <laughs> if
0: they get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to digress on on speaking about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. My pick is I think if he stays in Green Bay, it provides him the least optimal odds to win MVP, mostly because I think he's capped with. I mean. He's won MVP there already with Devontae Adams. But I think if he goes somewhere else, if he goes to Pittsburgh and he has Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Najee, I think that's an upgrade. I think going to Denver with all the weapons that they have already uh, is an upgrade. I think Tampa is an obvious upgrade. But I think the other three teams provide better options, more of a boost to his abilities as compared to where he's been in winning already so not to say he would not win it in green bay but to say i think if he goes elsewhere it probably boosts to like 650 or 600 i actually
0: i don't want to be hot takey here but i think that denver would actually hurt his chances of winning mvp that's personally i I, I personally feel this way. I, I'm not saying it has any any uh real backbone to it or anything like that, but I think that Judy and Sutton are mid tier wide receivers. I don't think that they are I, I don't think they're the elite options that we think they are because they haven't had a quarterback before. I, I just I I don't know. I don't I don't see a lot of of upside to them, I guess. And and that's just personally like if he goes to Pittsburgh, he's getting paired with Deontay Johnson and, Clay, and Chase Claypool, who have both proven that they are, you know, top tier receiving assets. If he goes to Tampa, he's with Mike Evans, who is clearly uh, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Like, I just don't know if I can put as much faith in in Jerry Judy, who hasn't played a full season yet, or in Cortland Sutton, who really hasn't impressed while, while being the only show in town. You know, like that's just personally where I am I'm not disregarding like I, I think Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are both incredible I think Noah Fant is a fantastic tight end and I think they have a, a stellar defense but I don't know I just don't know if those receivers would help him in the way that you know it, it might seem does that make well, sense Zach,
2: I, I will uh just add in you forgot to mention Troy Aikman's best receiver on the Broncos Tim Patrick so Tim Patrick yes sir yes. and
0: the uh <laughs> The
2: Penn State prodigy, K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler. <laughs> yeah, the, dude, the, real quick, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard is Troy Aikman in the middle of the game just <laughs> cut in after a Cortland Sutton drop and was like, yeah, Tim Patrick is the best receiver on this team by far. And, and who's to say he's not? I'm not even arguing that. It was just so funny. Coming from that standpoint, so I sorry I had to mention that 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 brings me
0: back, man. I mean, who who am I to not even mention Tim Patrick? Dang! I mean, like, come on. <laughs> all right, I think the the last thing we can end on here, since I, I guess I opened the the lid on the the hot takes. What's one bold prediction for next season? I didn't want to I didn't want mm-hmm. to say give me your Super Bowl champ or anything because there's still so much off season left to happen. You know, all the free agency, all that good stuff. So give me one bold prediction for next season.
1: James Robinson and Travis Etienne mm. in fantasy are solid starts week after week.
2: Mm. That's a good okay. one. I do like that one. That's now, a very I got, good one. now I got to rethink mine. So go ahead, Zach. You got to give me a second here. I believe
0: that A.J. Dillon is going to be a running back one this season. Top 12 mm. running back. That dude is a I like freak. like that. Love it. Um, even if they give Aaron Jones the receiving work, the third down, uh, you know, I, I think that we're going to see Dylan average five, six yards a carry. He's just a tank of a dude. So I love that.
2: My hot take is going to be Malik Willis will be what everybody thought Zach Wilson's hype was going to be. Ooh, okay. Zach Wilson no matter came where with he goes. a lot of hype. He had the sign off from Tony Romo, I remember. Mm-hmm. Everybody was hype on him. Aaron Rodgers.
0: I said Aaron Rodgers, too. Aaron Rodgers was big on him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think all that hype it should actually be going to Malik Willis, who I think will shine in his first year wherever he goes. Where do you think he goes? Uh, yep, was I mean, where do he you should want, go to the Jets. Want should. <laughs> where do you want him to go? Where do I want him to go? You know, I want to see him go to Pittsburgh. I want to see it so bad. Like, I I've, I feel like he would just shine there. But, like, Pittsburgh, more than anything, they'll never be successful with that OC. They need a new OC before anything happens. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Malik Willis coming in would give him, like, the Greg Roman effect where Lamar came into Baltimore and Greg Roman was like, okay, I have to do something different. Mm-hmm. And – all of a sudden Greg Roman couldn't do the I pro offense, but he figured out Lamar's offense, you know? So I, I, I would hope something like that happens to him. So like Pittsburgh would be a great spot. The Jets would make sense. I mean, I, I you could probably list another four or five teams that he would probably start on right now.
0: All right, so we're coming in right under an hour here, so I guess I'll ask you guys. you guys have any last things that you want to wrap up with?
2: Ah, uh, not really, man. Just keep in touch with us. We'll have some content coming out the next few months. You know, we'll, we're we're going to be bored over here, so mm-hmm. we're going to be a full minded fantasy for a long time here, just laying low, and uh, the time will come eventually. And Probably we'll start- talk
1: some USFL soon. Ooh, okay, to get our football fix. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: just can't get enough of watching Jeff Fisher coach. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, can't get enough. Nothing, gets, nothing gets me going.
2: <laughs> nothing gives you a, a nine and seven season more than yeah. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> All
0: right, I, I guess we'll stick a fork in it there. If you guys are going to play any underdog, you know, got some NBA contests. Hopefully, if we ever get ML, MLB, maybe we'll see some MLB contests on there too. But anytime you guys sign up, you guys can use the code first seed, and they'll give you a nice little bonus uh, when you make your first deposit. I think that's a good place for us to end it right there, fellas. I agree. For Kyle and Mike, this is Zach. This is First Seed Sports. We're checking out, guys. See you.
2: Thanks for listening to the
0: First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next
2: time.